Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. Today, we're going to look at the readings for the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. And today, we have a special guest, the specialist guest of the guest, Pastor Skizik. Thank you. I'm excited to have you here. Thank you. It is good to be here. I enjoy this. So, we were preparing for this text, and Pastor Skizik has all the answers to this text, and mm-hmm. it, it will be fun and enjoyable. So, we got Ezekiel 18, Philippians 2, and then St. Matthew 21. And I'm going to hang out in the gospel lesson more than anything. And we got uh, the authority of Jesus challenged. And this is the Pharisees coming and throwing their theological prowess around. They are going to say that they know all things and they're going to challenge Jesus. And this uh, gospel lesson opens up with, And when he, Jesus, entered the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? And right here, I think this is a huge statement, because this is the chief priest who has been duly elected, chosen for his wisdom, his work, all these great things. So he's not a dummy. He's not a uh, idiot that just so happened to stumble into this. He's earned this place. And so when he speaks, people listen. And so him coming to Jesus, this is the full weight of all the Pharisees, all the authority of the temple. And in my mind's eye, I really get the finger in the chest thing. Who do you think you are? coming in here, teaching contrary to what I'm teaching, contrary to what is our tradition, contrary to everything that the Torah has said, according to my interpretation, according to the fine print, whatever you want to throw in there, who gave you this authority? And again, and I really don't think that this was that provocative, but it might as well be. Mm-hmm. The Pharisee thumping Jesus. That's a great face. mind, a picture to put in my mind, them coming up to him and doing exactly that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an interesting picture. Who do you think mm-hmm. you are? And I, I love this question. So I'm going to throw myself under the bus on this one. First commandment issue, uh, you shall have no other gods. Jesus has been teaching nothing but the fulfillment of the Old Testament and pointing to himself as that fulfillment. So now we have gospel coming. We have the proclamation of his death for the sin of the world. Mm -hmm. And the Pharisees take issue with this. And I love that because it's all about law. The Pharisees are going to point out what you're doing wrong so you can correct it. Mm -hmm. And they do this out of love. And I mean that sincerely. Now, they'll abuse it because, no, you're not good enough. Watch me. 
I'm your ruler. I'm your, and ruler by uh, what I mean by that is measurement. Mm -hmm. You will measure your good works by what I do, and then I will judge you according to that, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. They don't like what Jesus is saying because he's taking their authority away from them because he's the fulfillment. They're not. So, Pastor Skizik, how do we deal with the law being taken care of for us? Who does Jesus think he is yeah. taking care of the law for us? Right, right. Uh, we know that we're sinners. Right. Uh, and throughout the Old Testament, I've been told to step up and do what God told me to do. Exactly, exactly. And then, uh, So, when we have the law laid before us and we're told to do it, how then do we look at Christ as the fulfillment when that law is still before us? So I'm asking you to reach in, pull out, and let your inner Pharisee run wild. What does the Pharisee say, when, especially when it comes to Jesus' free offer of grace? No, I, know what my, I know what my Pharisee says. Number one, they don't get it. Okay, absolutely. They, they don't, don't get it. it. Do they realize that they are even sinners? Ooh, that's interesting. Do they think they are not? So, I, I would say, yes, they think they're sinners, but they're not that bad. Not that bad, yes. And so why do you think you can come in here and change me? Because I'm not that bad. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, and again, going back to the, the kind of the first commandment issue, uh, where is their trust? Yes. And I, I think that's interesting because my inner Pharisee says, maybe if you just pray harder, maybe if you read another book, right, right. maybe if you go to church more often, mm -hmm. maybe if you actually memorize the full liturgy and can say it from heart, maybe if you do. What must the, I do? Yeah. What must I do? And, and I think the Pharisees have, they've been taught this. Mm-hmm. And they're telling other people to do this, but where's their trust in my work? What have I done? Mm -hmm. And Jesus shakes us up and he says, no, you're not good enough. And the Pharisees are like, do you know who I am? I'm the chief priest. Right. And I've got the authority here. Who, yeah. Who do you think you are coming in and telling me? I, I love the, the, the authority thing because, again, this is uh, we want to dethrone Jesus in our hearts and we want to rule. We want to be God. And the Pharisees are just bold enough to live it out. Mm -hmm. Then we get verse 24. Jesus answered them, I also will ask you one question. And I will, and if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. Wow. I love. Jesus is the only one that can do this. So you ask him a direct question. And I don't, and I'm just off the top of my head, I don't know how many times he actually answers directly. That's interesting. Yeah. It is very interesting. Yeah. Because uh, we have seen recently when someone will ask him a question, I'll tell you a parable instead. Yeah. And then you come up with the answer. He will explain it, but— uh, right. Someone comes up with the question, hey, I'll tell you this story. Mm -hmm. Well, and uh, I think it was three weeks ago, you got the Greeks who show up. We want to see Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he starts preaching, never addressing the Greeks. I know they're there, but no, I I like that parable aspect. Yeah, I'll answer you, but you'll have to 
really listen. And so, yeah, he goes, okay, you can ask whatever question, but you got to answer my question mm-hmm. first, and then I'll tell you by what authority. And then this is Jesus throwing the gauntlet down. Mm-hmm. And I love this. Yes. And I, I really wonder Jesus' facial expression. I wonder if he just has this grin on his face, like, <laughs> I got you. I you, got you. You stepped in. You got this it. One. got it. You asked for it. Now you're going to yep. get it. And so, 25, the baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? And I think he crosses his arms and he's like, <laughs> let me hear what you got, mm-hmm. Mr. Smarty Pants. And they're all in the corner just, just kind of figuring out this question, how are we going to answer that? Yeah. And he's standing back and watching them as they're contemplating the question. Oh, absolutely. And the verse goes, uh, continues. And they discussed it mm-hmm. among, among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? And if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus. We do not know. We don't know. Right. I don't know. <laughs> and he I said like to that. them, neither will I Neither will I tell you by what authority I do to these things. So, all kidding aside, the Pharisees look at the Son of God, understanding that they don't know that it's Jesus is the Son of God, and they lie to him. They lie to his face. They know the answer. Mm-hmm. They're afraid. They're afraid of being trapped. They're afraid of looking silly. They're afraid of being caught without under fully understanding Uh this is just huge. Because that's actually what happened. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I do not mince words. Mm-hmm. They lied. And I want this to, to, to carry that weight because they're looking at this. And again, I'll throw myself under the bus on this one. I love arguments, debates, and discussions. I, I really do. They're, they're fun. They're exciting. I learn so much from other people. But they're in this to win an argument, and they think that it is safe for them mm-hmm. to claim ignorance, to save face in front of the people. They're afraid of the people, and they're afraid of giving Jesus any hint of authority. Because if they say from heaven, and they know John and Jesus right. are connected, and I love that, well, why didn't you go? Mm-hmm which I think is bigger than the fear of the crowds. I really wonder, and we'll never know this, did they question, should we have gone to be baptized? Mm. Interesting. And so, yeah, I don't know. But outright lie, and this goes back to the first commandment issue, this goes to a second, third commandment issue, uh, the whole nine yards, but they lie. Mm -hmm. And again, to save face so that they would look good. And you know that they spun this later. You know that Jesus, he showed up, and he was asking this question about this water and baptism. Who does he think mm-hmm. he is? And he, he, he asked us what we think. We have the law. We have most. We have Abraham. And he's throwing water at us? This is the silliness of this Jesus. And you know, they, they, they spun this in so many ways to make themselves look good. But they lied. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a 
in a commentary I was reading for preparing for this, uh, the commentator said that Jesus should have answered likewise. By what authority? I don't know. Mm. And then to leave that out there. And the reason Jesus can say that is because the Pharisees did not know him, nor would they know the authority in which he speaks. And so it wouldn't be the, the lie, you know, tit for tat, but it was a statement of recognizing their lie mm-hmm. that they do not know. And I do not know you, Jesus making that statement, which is a horrible, horrible statement because that is, there's no relation. There's no connection. I, I wonder, Jesus leaves, what do they say? Do they go and say, hey, we've been caught? Or would they ignore it? Or would they say, okay, we got to come up with another plan? So I think the Pharisees are smart. I also think they're arrogant. Mm-hmm. And they're going to blame Jesus for everything. Mm-hmm. So we're some 400 days before our election uh, in November. And listen to all the political rhetoric. Yes. No matter what side of the aisle you're on, your guy can do no wrong. And right. it's the other guy's fault. Uh, it, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And again, just talking the talking heads, whoever your guy is, they can do no wrong. And I think the Pharisees fall into that same camp. Oh, that's a great analogy. You know? And, and ar- yeah, arrogance. And, and not in a mean way, but Jesus is a threat to them. And so they're going to actively defame him. Mm-hmm. They're going to lie to him and about him. About him. And so I think it would lower themselves to even consider they've been caught. And, and what I mean by that is they're going to spin it mm-hmm. so that they're the hero of their own story. And so if anybody sees it, they'll be like, did you hear him? He's talking about baptism. We have such bigger things to talk about than this baptism. Mm-hmm. And he, he, Jesus doesn't get it. You know, whatever. I'm just throwing right. that out. But Jesus doesn't leave him, let him off the hook on this. And I love this. And this kind of goes back to your earlier statement. He tells a parable. We got these two sons. Yes, yes. And so we're picking up on verse 28. What do you think? A man had two sons. And he went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will. But afterwards, he changed his mind and went. And then he went to the other son and said, to, said the same. And he answered, I will go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two will, did the will of his father? They said, the first. And they said to, Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterwards change your mind and believe him. And this is just a huge, Mm -hmm. huge thing. And I really love uh, verse 32. John, John the Baptist, came to you. This is pointing to Israel. This is uh, the people of God. God came, or Jesus came to his people. And we hear this in John chapter 1. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. His own did not know him. 
And the Pharisees are proving this. Mm-hmm. They are flat out lying to him. I don't know you. I don't know. I don't know your work. And so the Gentiles. And Jesus is not making a, this is absolutely a provocative statement, but he's not doing this to needle the Pharisees when he says the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of heaven before you. He is pointing out that they have received the gift that came to you the gift that you lie about, the gift that you do not accept, Mm -hmm. the gift of your birthright that you have sold for your self-righteousness. You have forsaken that, and they will enter because they have listened to the Son, and they go. They didn't go at first. No, no. They lived in their sins, but they repented. They turned away. And they now have the promise of heaven. Yes. And this is one of the reasons I I love Jesus going outside of Jerusalem. I love the fact that he's crucified out of Jerusalem. I love the Greeks come. All these people outside of Jerusalem see who Jesus is. But what does Jerusalem do? Crucify him. Crucify him. And I just think that's huge. And uh, as high and mighty as I get, oh, yeah, those stupid Pharisees. (laughs) In my daily life, I do the same thing. Yes, Jesus, I will serve you after I get all my stuff done, after I do my important work. And that's always the hard thing because where am I putting my trust? Where am I putting my hope? Right. I'm letting my inner Pharisee run because I am the authority. Who does God think he is? Oh, he's the Redeemer. Yeah. He's the Messiah. He's the Creator. Thanks be to God. And I repent. Well, what else do you, you got in this? Do you got any connections to the Old Testament or epistle? Because I like uh, St. Paul in verse 12 of Philippians. I, that's what I was looking at right now. As you have obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, uh, we have obeyed his word. We obey him. Say, yes, we're going to do this. As we read the word here and as we hear the word in worship, as we hear it, we are, um, just for instance, sent out. Mm-hmm. And we're not, the word is not, the word is with us, Yeah, but we're not, I don't know what I'm saying there. Uh, I like the idea with that, uh, um, we're, we're the doers of the word. We're the doers. And I like that because we're not the Word. It is the Word who motivates, acts, and builds. Uh, I like the word animate. Animate. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit of a science fiction guy, and uh, especially as we move into October and Halloween, oh, yes. I'm thinking of uh, Frankenstein. And Dr. Frankenstein animates the dead and creates Frankenstein's monster. Mm. And so just with that, we are... Uh, recreated, we are animated in the likeness of the Word, made flesh, mm-hmm. to go out. And I liked your statement to obey. This now becomes, instead of you know me waving my fist of threat, obey, it becomes the delight that we obey God's Word. Instead of the self-righteousness the Pharisees preach, it is now the righteousness. Like Jesus said, he, for joy, he went to the cross, and for joy, we get to go out and share. Absolutely. In his absence. Well, yeah, because it's the idea that now that he's ascended, 
that we get to live in His grace and His work. That's huge. I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, these texts are amazing, and it really sets the stage. I, I like the discipleship overtones, the following. Uh, we're not to follow our hearts because they're pharisaical. We're to follow Jesus' heart, which opens up to us, opens up to us heaven and life everlasting. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.